Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Welcome to this special recap edition of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. In just a minute, you're going to hear myself and my wife and business partner, AJ, do a debrief recap and summary of our most recent interview with our big takeaways. But before we dive into that, I just wanted to let you know that people often ask us, What is the first step to building a personal brand? And if that is you or someone you know, then you have come to the right place because we have put together for you a free video short course to help you get started. Just visit firststep.brandbuildersgroup.com to get access. In it, we're going to walk you through what exactly is the genesis of a personal brand and the six key questions that every personal brand must be able to answer, but that almost none ever do. So go ahead and visit again, firststep.brandbuildersgroup.com to get started, and we'll see you there. Now on with the recap. Brand Builder, welcome to this special recap edition of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. I'm joined here by my wife and business partner and CEO, AJ Vaden of Brand Builders Group. And we're just breaking down for you our three and three today of Brett Kissel, which I love because Brett introduced us into the music space and was really our first client, like well-known client in the music space. And so this was a super, super interesting interview. Really great to see how these strategies and techniques and things apply over in the music business. So this is our top three and three. So AJ, why don't you kick us off? Yeah. So my first one, I think applies to all of the creatives out there. And I loved his entire interview. And if you are in any sort of naturally deemed creative space, so anything in the artistry world, you should really, really, really listen to this. Because I think one of the highlights or insights for me that I gathered from this is he talks about how so many people who are creatives ignore the business side of Mm. what they do. And he said, that's just a really big mistake because you're depending on somebody else to build, run and grow your business. And that's a problem, right? And at the same time, if you had to pick what's more important, the creative side or the business side, he says, well, you know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? He said, well, in this case, it's probably the creative side because the business doesn't really work if you're not any good. So you have to be really good. You've got to be, whether it's a great musician or writer or whatever your creative space is, screenplay writer, any of the things. but. I think it was really interesting that once you've got the creative side down, though, you have to have business acumen. You have to know how to grow a following, build a following, how to handle your finances, how to get brand deals, how to find the right management team, the right agent, how to get yourself booked, i.e. be a salesperson. He said, at the end of the day, so much of what I do is basic salesmanship. He goes, I was in sales, but not technically, right? But considering himself as an artist, I've got to sell myself. 
in my work to the small deals to the big deals that he's got. And I loved his story that he shares about when he was 16. He went down to the car dealership and negotiated himself a free truck. <laughs> and uh-huh. uh, what he was willing to do for that free truck. And that was his first brand deal and he was 16 and just getting started. But he knew how to negotiate and how to craft himself as a barter asset in terms of getting other people to do things or expose your product or services to things. And I think this all comes around this whole idea of like your brand is a business. Yeah. It's a business. It's not just about beautiful messages and pretty pictures and well, it is, but it's so more than much the more. Art. It's so much more. Yeah. I mean, any company, any business has a product, right? And like the product is super important. Mm-hmm. You got to have a, a beautiful whatever, or a, a very well-functioning whatever. It's very important. But there's all these other components. There's marketing the thing. There's selling the thing. Yeah. There's accounting. There's HR. This makes me think of eight-figure entrepreneurs. So, our phase four event, yeah, Brand Builders Group, we divide things into phases. And phase four is called eight-figure entrepreneur. It's all of the non-artistry parts of the business. It's basically you know, teaching how to run a business. It's entrepreneurship. Yeah. And that's really, really important. And I think I also picked up on the brand deal thing Mm -hmm. and and him starting really young. That was one of my highlights. There's another interview that will be coming out with Julie Solomon. She talks specifically about how to get brand deals and the details. You're going to want to listen to that as well. But the thing that Brett said that was really powerful and I think is important is he said, your brand deals are going to win if you can talk about products mm. that you authentically and genuinely are excited about. So he went and got this truck, which, you know, I wouldn't <laughs> want a brand deal for a truck. I would want some other type of car. Some you talk old, about old, getting a truck all the time. Well, I would like... It's I, very off-brand, but... Yeah, I know, but I would like to have an F-150. So, you know, <laughs> if anyone's out there or any company, you want to do a brand deal with me for a truck. There's a whole market for this because it could be the truck for the non-manly man. Not now. Nobody said anything about not being manly. <laughs> I don't. That was another level there, babe. <laughs> Anyways, let's carry on here. Not the non-manly. I mean, it is true. I probably more of like an Escalade truck or something with massaging seats. Anyways, let's carry on. The people are interested in our issues. So, but what could you be excited about, right? Like what are the products you actually use and just approach those people and say, hey, you know, I've got a platform. You know, Julie talks more about this too, but, and also when Brett was really young, you don't have to have millions of followers. Like, you know, micro influencers are a big part of the day. It's like, if you're reaching a dedicated audience and you're truly passionate about the product and you use it, you can help that brand win. You can make some money from them and you can introduce products to your customers that you really believe in. Yeah. Hey, kind of enough said on the brand deals part, but it was really just I good. can't focus. I'm still thinking about the non-manly man <laughs> comment from my wife. It's okay. I still married you. Yes, I that's true. You. Okay. Well, that's- <laughs> I think a big part of this interview is also around, sucks a lot about online engagement and the social media component of as an artist or as anyone, like how do you really do that? And he said, I thought this was really interesting that his record label at the time gave him a strategy that he was going to follow. And they said, hey, listen, you're young, you're in your 20s, you don't wear a wedding ring. So let's really position you Mm. as available and single and really trying to help people in their 20s figure out who they are and where they're going. And the problem was, he was married. Um, big and, problem. And very proudly married and happily married and knew where he was going. And, you know, he's married and has got kids. And he was like, yeah, no. 
He's a coolest family guy too. No, like that's like, just no, Brett. Just that's not who I awesome. am. He's and awesome. I'm going to be me online, and that includes my awesome wife, who's also an influencer in her own right, and it's going to include my awesome kids. And if that doesn't work for you, then it doesn't work. And he said, "Here's what I have found out: is that because I am my authentic self, which means covered in cookie dough batter or pancake batter, he said I will get two to three times." more likes on being my normal dad, husband, self than I will on a stage with Garth Brooks yeah. with 30,000 fans. He said, it's incredible. The engagement and the authenticity and the realness of me just being me is three times more popular than the, hey, let me position myself as this single available guy traveling the world, even a celebrity. playing on stages. Yeah. He said, three times more just being me. I love that. Yeah, I love that. I don't know if I would get more likes if I didn't wear a wedding ring. I'm not going to find out though. We're not going to. No, test I would it. never do it. I would never do it. it. And that's sort of disheartening, you know. Some of that stuff exists, but just being yourself is is super super powerful. I noted the exact same thing, so that was one of my big takeaways: is just real life social media posts, and and it's the same way. Like when Jasper. I mean, fortunately, like our kids are so entertaining, Jasper cool. and Liam, so and cool. we get the same thing. Like lots of post engagement. It's that realness, that everyday life. I yeah. think that people can relate to. So just do that. And Sam Karashi, sorry to be referencing these other interviews, but we have these other podcast interviews. He dives in deep, 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 deep on technically like where to post your real personal stuff and then where to post your more businessy stuff. And he's got a really good strategy. So stay tuned for that interview as well. The last one for me, my third takeaway, which was just really huge and inspiring. And I didn't say this earlier, but I love Brett. Like he is <laughs> a, guy a nice guy that is just nice and so nice. And everything about his brand to me represents like genuine and authentic and sort of like uh, you know almost like the little engine that could story of well, He's the true authentic under, country musician. Yeah. Cuz country people are just good people. Well, and here's the word and you know he is a client so we've actually worked with him and his manager Jim they came over and we worked with them but this idea of the long shot is everything is like he was just a normal kid from like a small town, right? That wouldn't make it as a country star. And, you know, people see him. He literally, if you didn't listen to the interview, I mean, he literally opens for Garth Brooks. So he's a huge, like one of the huge Canadian act, Canadian country music, male vocalist of the year, on and on and on in Canada. And he's really just getting known in, in the U.S., but he's touring with Garth Brooks. And what he talks about is he remembers when he first started, he was doing small customer appreciation events. He was doing rodeos, like when nobody was paying attention. Car dealership like events. Car dealerships, like these tiny, tiny events. Yeah. When he said that, I'm like, man, I used to speak at a Perkins restaurant for Toastmaster groups for like three people on a Friday night at a Perkins restaurant. I still remember what that feels like. And you just don't, you can never hear that story enough because you see the glamour and the glitz and you think, oh my gosh, it's so far away. I can never be that. And yet when you meet these people and you hear their stories, it's the same freaking story every time. It was the person that was willing to play the rodeo, play the Perkins, mm -hmm. like do the small gig and do it over and over and over. It wasn't a big break or some lucky find. It was that discipline regimented like this is my dream and I'm going after it and I will start so small and I'll get better and better and better. And now just like we went with Brett with his team to see Michael Buble. Like he gave us tickets and it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, I know Michael Buble and Garth Brooks. And it's like, what? Like, who are you? You're like a real life celebrity. And yet he's this country boy, married man, dad, 
just like living on a prayer. Oh, I just, I I love his story. Mm -hmm. We can tell. Makes me cry. Uh, We can tell. Uh, So my last point would be similar to that, but in a different respect of when you listen to this interview, he started when he was seven years old and someone in his family, I think he said it was his grandmother said, I just, I see music in you. And I think for so many of us, we won't be where we want to be without a support system. So maybe it's your family, maybe it's friends, maybe it's mentors, whatever. But having a support group, literally a group of people who are supporting what you do, advocating for what you do, believing in you is vital to any success. Mm. Imagine if no one in his family would have said, I see something in you. So we're going to foster it. We're going to buy you the, and we're going to buy you the instruments. We're going to get you the lessons. We're going to take you to all these road shows and rodeos and country fairs. And now they're driving. Someone's driving you. All the things, right? We're going to dedicate time and give you our basement or garage to practice in. We're going to allow you to start this band. And more than that, we're going to take you down to those car dealerships and help negotiate and barter deals for you because that's what we want to do for you. And I think as a parent, even though my babies are really little, they're two and a half and seven months now, it's like this concept of one of my jobs as a parent, i.e. supporter, an advocate for my kids as well as people around me that I love and believe in, it's... It's to let them know that they can do it. And then not just to say, you can do it, go do it. It's to actually help advocate and support the process. Mm-hmm. And if you, you don't have access and if you don't have people like that, you need to find them. They don't have to be paid people, friends, family, mentors, church, maybe they're paid coaches or paid consultants, whatever. I feel like that's what we are for a lot of our clients is we are this community. We are this network, this support system, because we truly do believe in sharing good. And the more that we can share good, the better that the good guys win. But at the same time, there are people that are in your life that you need to share what you want to do so they can actually help support you along the way. And for him, it happened really, really young and it was fostered and it was really pushed. And we need that too. doesn't matter if we were seven or 17 or 37. Like we still need that push. We need someone to say, no, it's worth it. Go for it. Yeah, it's going to be hard, but it's also going to be the most amazing ride of your life. Yeah, maybe it's not the road more traveled, but it's going to be the road that's yours. And so I think all of that is to say, it's like, you've got to have community behind you to make sure that you don't give up or get frustrated or think that, well, this is just this pipe dream. I'm from this small town and I don't have these resources. I don't have these connections. Who cares what I have to say? Because they do. And you've got to have people that are willing to say, it matters. You matter. Your message matters. So don't give up. And I just think that was just a really good moment. And as a reminder, as a parent of like, that's my job as a parent is to not just say, I believe in you, but to help foster the development of their passions. Love it. All this just wonderful, wonderful guy. So check out the interview with Brett Kissel, Canadian country male vocalist of the year. <laughs> A whole host of other awards. Great music. By the way, my favorite Brett Kissel song is called 321. 321. I'm counting down the hours. Anyways, Rory doesn't sing, uh, <laughs> as you can tell, but check out some of his music, listen to the interview, and uh, just stay tuned. We're so grateful that you're here, and we want you to know that we believe in you and you can do it. So stay the course, and we'll catch you next time on the Influential Personal Brand. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. 
So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free lifetime access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we will get you set up with free lifetime access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation.